Hello, and welcome to another episode of Daily American Press's Chatting with Abby. Today, we're going to be talking about J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings and how a certain fate has befallen it that has befallen quite a lot of classics, uh, if not every Western classic to some extent, which is literary critics of liberal universities have found reasons to label the work and the author racist or problematic in some other way. So to discuss this pretty nerdy topic today that's going to kind of assume that you've read the book, but hopefully not go too nerdy, uh, here to discuss, I have guest Laurel. Laurel, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Oh, I'm good. <laughs> I am delighted to have you on to talk about this. You are, uh, you did quite the thread on Twitter about this topic, which is what made me decide, yes, this needs to happen on the podcast. And for those who aren't aware, what is your Twitter handle and Twitter name? Um, my Twitter handle is Strangeland Elf. Um, and my Twitter name is, sorry, Tolkieners <laughs> are probably gonna get offended if I, because I don't know how to pronounce it completely correctly, because I, I, I don't know. But it's uh, Elwe Singolo. That's probably the way that you'd probably, you know. Perfect. Most people would pronounce it at least. <laughs> I love that there are whole communities of people who will assassinate you for not being able to correctly <laughs> pronounce a language that has never existed in <laughs> anywhere but Middle Earth. Um, so yes, let's let's get into it. So Tolkien has been kind of levied with some accusations, and what are what are some of those? Um, well, yeah, he often gets accused of well, the two main things are sexism and racism. Um, you know, sexism because mostly because he doesn't have as many female characters that are written out as much mm -hmm. and of course racism because of things like his symbolism he uses which is like the dark and light and mm -hmm. then just people making weird assumptions i don't know and then there's some anti-semitic stuff that they accuse him of with the dwarves um, <laughs> yeah yeah okay so let's tackle the sexism first because i imagine it's going to be a smaller Yes. smaller topic what what do you say to people who who accuse him of sexism well i well. i often point out that he makes some of his like the strongest and most powerful characters not maybe physically strong but like powerful leaders and stuff um he makes them female and he often you know, he doesn't, sure, most of the rulers of kingdoms and stuff are male, but, you know, you you get a sense more that that's from a historic point of view, that that's mm -hmm. just the case throughout most history, but then, you know, they there's that, and there's some other things, mostly going from the fact that he has very... Mm, that, that, that his female characters tend to be, you know, feminine, except for white, well, like his 
like Ungoliant uh, and Shelob, sure. you know, who is uh, the, those big scary spiders. But those are some like Ungoliant from the Silmarillion, um, mm. who is the like, you know, you know, ancestor of Shelob is, hmm. you know, becomes so powerful that she scares Morgoth, who is basically the equivalent to Satan. Um, mm -hmm. So you really get this idea that he doesn't really, you know, make a, it, it, there's not really this, besides them being, you know, him having a more feminine, often they aren't the ones doing the fighting, though they mm -hmm. do some fighting, you know, with Eowyn and stuff. And that, that's another, uh, uh, sorry, I don't want to get <laughs> sidetracked too much. Um, okay. Um, you, you get, you don't really, I, I, it doesn't feel like there's this sense that he sees men as superior mm. at all. So, and that's my view of what sexism, sexism is, is this idea that men are superior or the things that men do are superior. The things that men are better at are superior things. Um, yeah. That's how I view sexism. Um, so people will, he also uses sexism, uh, the fact that Eowyn, after defeating the Witch King and stuff, um, and she's in, you know, the Houses of Healing, um, and she's talking to Faramir a lot, and she kind of comes to the conclusion that she doesn't, she no longer desires to be, you know, to, to fight, um, hmm. to be a warrior. She now wants to be a healer, you know, and a lover of things that grow. Um, and so people will take that as him being sexist, but if you look at his view of war, he doesn't love war, you know, he doesn't no. see war as something that people should aspire to, you know, be warriors. Um, and so he is not saying that, she, oh, she shouldn't fight because she's a woman, you know, He's saying she shouldn't have this desire or see battle as the ultimate, like, glory, you know, form of yeah, glory. Eowyn had a lot of anger and that yes. worked its way out in, in bloodlust. And so for yes. her story arc, wanting to be a healer at the end of it was her resolution and her yes. finding peace. Yes, because you see that she's almost at a point of despair. Um, mm. where she feels like, you know, there, there is nothing, she wants to be distinguished. She wants to, you know, she wants to be like Aragorn. Mm -hmm. Um, and so in her warped way, she almost, she thinks she's in love with Aragorn, but in mm. a way she's in love with the thought of being Aragorn, mm. um, and everything yeah. he stands for. And so she wants to be that. And she sees that as the ultimate goal. Um, and she also, she just doesn't want to be insignificant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's a really compelling character. And I really, really like mm -hmm. her storyline. Yeah. I think a similar thing can be said about the Bible in the sense that there are far fewer female characters than male characters. However, the women we do get are really cool with with really yeah. cool stories and so it's just a cultural thing 
you know, yeah. there's more stories to tell about the women in that world, uh, the men in that world, but that's not remotely to say that they're, they're better, more important, more valuable to God. And I think that Tolkien had the same, same mindset. Mm-hmm. He is a man. He understands male characters. He was writing about war, you know, all of, all of the elements of the story kind of lent to that ratio of men to women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's actually interesting if you look at the Bible, um, if you look, there's so many male characters, but it so often almost focuses on their downfall in many ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows how, but with a lot of the female characters, you see like more of a redemption story with lots of them or mm-hmm. like a, um, which is very interesting to me. You know, you've got like Rahab and stuff like that throughout the Bible. It's just interesting. Um of course, it does focus on, but, you know, with so many of the female characters, it's showing, you know, really, like, uh, there's, of course, some, or some, some people in the Bible, some of the, the women in the Bible that it talks about are really evil, but mm-hmm. then the other ones, it's showing many women who are just, you know, the kind of woman that you would, would aspire to be. Um, yeah, a lot of heroes. That, yeah. yeah, and they do that with a lot of the male. I mean, that's the f- case with a lot of the male characters too. But it almost always shows their shortcomings a lot more, which is really mm-hmm. interesting to me. That is, it is really interesting. So let's pivot to uh, the topic of of racism. Let's do anti-Semitism first, and then racism broadly next. Okay. Yeah, I mean the main the main issue when it comes to anti-Semitism is they'll bring up the dwarves because there's very clearly um, a inspiration that Tolkien took from you know the the, the people of Israel the you know Jewish people mm-hmm. when with with the dwarves especially in the Hobbit because they're mm-hmm. like exiled from their land and they want to get it back. Um, yeah. And there's very similar. And then his, you know, the, the, the language is more Semitic language. And so because of those, those sort of inspirations, people also say, well, the dwarves are greedy. And so obviously he's trying to, trying to say that, you know, to make a con. an anti-semitic comparison here um and you know it's it's possible but i doubt it because i mean that's just a thing that dwarves liked gold dwarves Mm -hmm. liked gold um and jewels and and you know they were you know, metal workers, miners, they were miners, you know? Mm-hmm. And so as miners, those are the things. So I think, you know, when you, you know, with the Semitic language, it's that those are a lot of deep kind of, these kind of have these deep sounds to them that work for a, you know, culture that's, you know, more, you know, sturdy, um, so you, yeah. you, know, you think of Semitic languages like that. And then, of course, a lot of the other the other things are just, you know, it, it makes sense that you you think, huh, you know, if I have the dwarves that are exiled, like that makes, you know, like that comparison. 
But most of the stuff he has about dwarves, other than their love for gold, is pretty positive. They're not tempted. They're not really tempted as much by power. Mm-hmm. Or, um, and so their rings, the rings that Sauron gave them, um, they weren't affected by them at all because that wasn't really something that he couldn't so he couldn't control them sauron could not control the dwarves yeah as opposed um, to the men who all turned into yes ring rays <laughs> uh-huh. um and then yeah beyond that if you just look at other things that Tol- tolkien wrote he wrote this letter it's likely he didn't actually send it but he wrote a letter to um german publishers who were asking basically if he was aryan and he, hmm. it's just this snarky letter for first about how, you know, like their their description of Aryans off, um, <laughs> kind of. And then he goes into um, the more more just that you know he kind of he he's like I I wish I had you you know I wish I could say that I had you know ancestry from these gifted people, but I don't. You know, so basically that shows that he really was against anti-Semitism, at least, of course, to that extreme. But it doesn't Mm -hmm. seem like he had any, you don't see any proof that he felt prejudiced towards them in any way. Yeah, and I, when you come right down to it, associating the people of Israel with enjoying the, the financial sector, being bankers and all that. It's a stereotype, yeah. but it's not inherently racist. It, it, it is true mm-hmm. that because of the Jewish religion and certain aspects of it, they, they culturally just make really good bankers. And throughout yeah. history, they've been very successful banking and Mm -hmm. uh did was that a source in germany of of hatred for them that they had all the money yeah (laughs) but but associating them with with that is not inherently racist in my opinion yeah you know it's just that that there are racist or there are anti-semitic um you know conspiracy theories that go along with that but yeah, it's not ultimately, you know, to, yeah, you know, and the, the, this idea that they're like, oh, they're money hungry. Oh, they just like, you know, like that kind of stuff is, yeah, that's, that's a negative stereotype. Um, that's not very mm-hmm. good, but the fact that they are, they, they tend to be good with, with these things that banking and then other things that just make them more money. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to be better at those things in general because of their culture in lots of ways. That's not that's not inherently bad. Um, that's to, like saying acknowledging that black people are better at jumping is is inherently racist. <laughs> better at jumping. Yeah. You know, that's the thing is is it's hard because you know they you know they'll say oh you know it's racist to say you don't see race because obviously you know you do and. <laughs> But then at the same time, acknowledging any differences in different people, Mm. you know, 
um, like what people are better at, um, yeah. you know, tend to be better at genetically or, you know, mm-hmm. just culturally, they also say that's racist. And so you end up in this weird place where you just really never know, should I, do I acknowledge, do I not acknowledge mm-hmm. differences? How, how you do I? both ways. Yeah. yeah. And that's, ways. that's difficult. Yeah. The same sort of thing happened with J.K. Rowling with Harry Potter. She has a race of goblins and they don't have a huge part of the story, but they exist in the world. And one of the ways they come in is that they run the bank. They run Gringotts Bank. And I think her purpose for, for making one race run the bank is that they had a specific magic that was conducive to protecting the money and magical objects in the bank. But of course, there was a recent hit piece on J.K. Rowling accusing her of being anti-Semitic. And there's nothing in her story that would, other than them being bankers, that would link the goblins with, with Jewish people. And you have to think that racism and that assumption is coming from the author of the hit piece himself Mm -hmm. projecting it onto the story. And I think the people who see things only in terms of race and who read negative things into, you know, every little description of a difference or every little use of a, of a stereotype, even a positive one, the racism is often on their end and not on the part of the author at all. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I tend to know to to know that when you when you have read something a lot or re- watched something and you don't see any problem and then suddenly someone's like, oh, that seems racist. It's yeah, it's always like, well, what if you're, you know, actually taking racist stereotypes and and putting it on the character instead? Mm-hmm. You know, that's that seems sketchy to me um um, but yeah like I don't know much about uh you know Harry Potter um so I don't know I I tend to think of goblins as characters that are you know would be hoarders or live in you know um (laughs) so it makes sense like if you think if you're thinking oh goblins they'd probably be hoarders so that makes sense have them be bankers that makes sense to me like that would be my logic behind it exactly exactly um but yeah so there there's also in tolkien probably i would have said the harder one to find an excuse for him was the the way that he described the easterlings is that correct um yeah well Actually, the the thing that probably sticks out the most, well, those I wouldn't say are necessarily racist. Um, those are just that those he was trying to describe cultures that came from the east, mm-hmm. um, or and then he has ones that come from the south, and mm-hmm. those are darker skinned, um, okay. because in his mind they come from the areas that would be, you know, Asia mm-hmm. or Africa. And so since he was making a mythology that took place and focused on Europe that was supposed to be an English mythology, you then get, if you know, if you have people coming from afar, they're going to, 
that you know from those places it makes sense that they would be you know tend to be darker but um you know there's no sense that he sees these characters as bad because of their race Hmm. um it's that they have been basically taken out sauron's taken over their their lands Mm -hmm. um so it's very likely that that they were forced to fight or they were deceived into fighting or there were some bad people and some you know some who just went along it's very much like the nature of war in our real world um not every person who was probably fighting in um for the nazis was just you know a a person who was evil and hated the jews they just Mm -hmm. they were told all these stuff you know about the people they were fighting there's lots of propaganda lots of things that or they were just forced to fight um so so you get that but the main thing um the main i think the biggest you know thing that could be seen as racist wasn't actually in the books but a way that tolkien described the um was it the urukai i can't remember if it's the orcs in general or the urukai um hmm. in his in a letter okay where he described them um, he just gave some some descriptions of them as being, you know, um, um, uh, sorry, I'm just trying to think here. Um, I can't exactly remember everything, but he does describe them as um, like the most unattractive to Europeans um, mm. type of mongol okay um which is kind of uh as someone who grew up in mongolia i mm-hmm. i'm like a little like uh you know that's it doesn't, very, it doesn't feel good yeah yeah you know because i'm like i want to defend people that you know i grew up with and i i care about um but i think what he's trying to say is well he, he also says they look like, you know, basically like a messed up, like, like they don't actually look like Mongols. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was what you could probably, um, like if they had been, like if you took a Mongol and like mm-hmm. really distorted them, that's probably the closest you could picture them in his mind. Um, that I think, I would assume that he if there was any inspiration for that, it would probably have been because of, you know, Chinggis Khan or mm. Genghis Khan, um, who, and the Mongol Empire, because they were very, very brutal mm-hmm. warriors. They would just do really atrocious things. And so if there's any inspiration yeah. there, it was probably because of that. And um, that could have been his reasoning, but I don't know. But yeah. besides that, he, he, you know, I guess he gives kind of a, um, you know, he, he suggests that, that they are you know, less attractive 
mm-hmm. to Europeans. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's a weird, it's kind of like, well, how do you know what all Europeans think? <laughs> but at the same time, I tend to get that, that like in general, general, if you would ask someone who's, you know, white, like what they're attracted to, they would generally be different sort of features than you might find in Mongolia. Um, yeah. But they aren't, you know, naturally unattractive people. And I think that's why he put two Europeans um, because they, you know, he's not saying that everyone finds them unattractive. Um, and he's also saying that these are very unattractive versions of them, you know, yeah, that would be comparable, not to. Yeah. So it's, it's hard, but there is definitely something in there that would have probably been more just, you know, they don't have the same, it wouldn't have been the same cultural, like, uh, you know, there wouldn't have been the same, um, political correctness associated yeah. with making comparisons like that. I still think you, so you can say, well, this is just has to do with his, um, which the, with the times a little bit more than a, any sort of like seeing them as inferior or seeing them in any way that was negative as people, but te- you yeah. know, a little maybe poor taste for our for for modern day yeah and you got to imagine that he probably hadn't met anybody you know he probably it's easy to yeah i i've seen the same types of of terrible descriptions uh i thought of tintin when i was preparing for this uh the tintin comics the the artist clearly had never met a black person in his entire life and just kind Mm -hmm. of went with whatever the culture was telling him they were like and so the the drawings and and descriptions or mannerisms are are awful Mm -hmm. awfully racist but at the same time i don't think that that automatically makes her a um a horrible person just a product of the culture he was living in yeah. And I think we all are. We're all products of the culture that we're living in. And there's a lot of things we probably do now that in 50 years, people will be like, I cannot believe somebody yeah. who was a good person would have ever done or said a thing like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, exactly. There's a lot of things that I think um, you just don't notice if they're, if they're, if the culture is just, mm, you know, not really caring about that thing, you might mm-hmm. not notice, you might not know um, that that's insensitive, but also it's funny, you know, just talking about, because I grew up in other cultures, what mm-hmm. they feel free to say about other people yeah. is really funny too. Um, you know, in Mongolia or Thailand, they'll be like, oh, you got so fat. Um <laughs> Or in Thailand, especially, it's like, oh, your 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 white, you know, white skin is so beautiful. Um, and then, like, maybe some of some people, it's like, oh, I don't know why that, why she, you know, why they, why they uh, would, um, you know, t- make their skin more tan. 
they doesn't make sense to them. So it'd be like, oh, that's, you know, like basically suggesting that this person's ugly because they have tanner skin as, you know, and this is within just white people um, that they would comment on. Um, They'll make these kind of comments that you could never say here about other people. Um, And (laughs) so it's just a little weird. Yeah, even even in today's world, even among, you know, completely, completely first world nations, there's still quite a breadth to what is politically correct in in any given culture. Mm -hmm. I, I spent time in my childhood in Africa and it was a little bit of the same thing, like how they felt comfortable talking about white people or like, ah, white people, aha, or just kind of either putting us down or uh like yanking on my hair to mm. try to see if it would come like is this really real like rubbing your arms like is, is your skin mm. really real and just kind of that being treated because you're an other and they haven't mm-hmm. experienced you before and yeah. it all it makes sense it's a natural human thing mm-hmm. yeah and so um, being in such a multicultural kind of multiracial society um, that is very concerned about offending and such a thing like that, even, you know, it, it's gotten more and more so um, with the, you know, being so careful about being offensive. But even, mm-hmm. you know, even 20 years ago, it was so so there was a lot of emphasis on being polite um Mm -hmm. and what but when you go to another country what is polite is different it doesn't you know you're not going to offend someone by calling them fat you're not going to offend someone by uh, by these other things but you you know you might offend someone if you step on their foot um which in in like very offend someone if you step on their foot and do not um apologize correctly Hmm. um you know and in thailand there's some things you know they're very they especially with their their previous king but you know if you stepped on like a coin or if you folded the money wrong um because it has the face of the king you could get in big trouble uh, Hmm. for that um but then other things that they and so we have to take in you know take that into consideration because even though it was england it was in the mm-hmm. past and therefore mm-hmm. cultures change and cultures different and so we have to look at that in that regard but that doesn't mean that we should say oh well it's just fine to say things these days that it, you know to say the same things today that you know people felt fine with saying then um, but we also shouldn't get so offended at it when it's clearly wasn't meant to be malicious. Yeah. And sometimes I think that it's it's not that somebody was happily reading Lord of the Rings and stumbled on something and then was just horrified and offended. It, it Sometimes it seems like they want to find yes. a reason to take it down because they hate the West and they hate all the, you know, Western classics and all the things that stand for the beauty of the West. And, and so they're reading, looking for something. That's why you're digging in, in letters to find mm-hmm. reasons to dislike uh, it for JK Rowling. 
definitely with grasping at straws, trying to find a reason to accuse her of something. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's kind of that post hoc reasoning. Mm-hmm. No one's really offended by Lord of the Rings. It's just a hit piece, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing that that that, that drives me the, the craziest is people who compare will say oh Tolkien was racist and compare the orcs to black people because that is really really atrocious and really really racist to me that they make a connection that there is nowhere in Tolkien's works did he make such a connection in Mm -hmm. nowhere in his writing did he make such a connection but they read that into it and they say oh well this stereo this seems like a black stereotype right here or, or calling their skin black when he meant that literally it was black, as in like the, you know, <laughs> rotted. Not, not, yes, like a rotting corpse, black, not, not brown. like brown. You know, he was very, you know, intentional about his descriptions of things because he, as a linguist, basically, um, language was very important to him. Right. So he's not going to say something he doesn't mean. So if he says black, he means black. And if he says, <laughs> you know, brown then he means that they're, you know, they have, they're more tan or they have browner skin, you know. Uh, he's very more clear about that. Um, but when they make those comparisons, it just makes me feel really confused because <laughs> I'm like, why are you trying to why are you why are you reading this into his works he was yeah. he was born in south africa and he was his he had you you can find quotes on him um being very opposed to apartheid mm-hmm. and all that um so you know that at least at that level he he didn't think it was right to keep the races apart or whatever, you know? Right. And so you can tell that he's someone who might've had, might've had some prejudices. I don't know. He might've at least, you know, in look wise, maybe he, he had some prejudice in who he thought looked better than other people, Mm. but there isn't any, any proof that of anything beyond that of him seeing himself as superior in fact his works are so clear about not you know about about not villainizing or, or wanting to you know about yeah. not villainizing entire groups of people you know he has written in there that you know the things that are very clear like he doesn't want to do that and he it seems like there is a a view that you know he writes about the prejudice of of the elves and the dwarves towards each other as a bad Mm -hmm. thing right um and the and the reconciliation of those two races as a really good thing yeah so as such it seems that his themes are way more towards racial reconciliation and this idea that all, you know, that, that, that everyone has 
that there there is there are good and bad people of all sorts, you know, of all right. of all peoples. Even yeah, he writes that the that the um that if it was in real life, you know, when describing the orcs, he's talking about, you know. I think it's the mm. orcs. Um, it might have been the right ring race. I, I'm, uh, you know, but basically saying like these are the kind of people, um, in describing mostly like the worst kind of people. And he says in reality they'd be on both sides. Yeah. So he recognized this sort of that 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 the that you aren't there isn't a clear good and evil within like a country like this country's not good and this country's not mm -hmm. evil. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it would be the same with people of different nationality, I mean, different races or ethnicities, which I, yeah. 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 I think, I think you're completely right. And this has been really, really cool conversation. Thank you so much for coming on mm -hmm. the podcast, Laurel. Yeah. Thank you for having um. me. Of course. Now go follow, if you don't already, follow Laurel on Twitter at StrangelandElf. Is there any punctuation in there, underscore, anything like that? Uh, yeah, there's an underscore after, in between Strangeland and Elf. All right. Follow Strangeland underscore Elf on Twitter. And we will see you next week. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.